You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Winning Plays Podcast is back yet again because the NBA never sleeps. My name is Brian Robb, joined alongside once again by Tim McCone of 98.5 Sports Hub. And Tim, we didn't need, didn't think we'd have to send out the bat signal on September 1st, but lo and behold, Danny Ainge from the clouds sending Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland, a place I don't think really the last thing I read about Cleveland in these talks was like they were out of these talks. And so lo and behold, they're in it. Blockbuster deal. What what's uh first of all, thanks for thanks for coming aboard. Thanks for for joining Always. on in the dog Always. days. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Not even the dog days. No, they no dog days, right? I'll tell you what, too. Like, but I feel like we use Woj Bomb all the time. I it was one of those ones where I'm like triple checking. I'm like, wait, is this a real account here? Did this actually just happen? <laughs> And the, the Cavs, to me, came out of nowhere for this deal with Donovan Mitchell, too. So, yeah, there was a lot to unpack when you first saw this tweet. And I think we've kind of become, like, desensitized a little bit to, to some of the tea leaves. And, you know, you heard the rumors like, oh, uh, Donovan Mitchell took the jazz out of his profile and this and that. And you're like, all right, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Nothing's going to happen. And sure enough, uh, you know, this bomb drops this afternoon. And it's just uh, crazy, crazy stuff. Like you said, the NBA, it, uh, it never sleeps. Never sleeps. Wild. It's like, oh yeah, Kevin Durant staying put. Okay, Donovan Mitchell, yeah. you're up. Like, let's <laughs> yeah, uh, let's go. Let's, yeah, let's get this. Uh, let's let's patch the gap to the Sarah Raisin. So we're gonna talk about this deal a little bit. We're talking about, I think, from the Southern implications of this deal, which there actually are, I think, are some maybe not so much for this season, but I think in the long term in the East, it's uh, it's kind of interesting to look at now. But the the deal itself, it's Mitchell, and I don't, I don't think, I don't think anything else is going to to Cleveland. But Utah is sending. Three unprotected first round picks, two pick swaps, um, and all this is starting in 2025 through 2029. So every other year for, for those. And then Lori Markinen, Colin Sexton on a sign and trade. Yep. Which means, which is I think key here too. Like he can't be traded for a year now. Right. With the the sign and trade part of this yep. deal. So that's uh and then I'm honestly and the 14th older up. I already forgot the guy's name. I'll have to look it up in a second. Um but what do you who who do you like to deal more for just on initial first impressions here when you look at each side of it? Uh, look, I, I love the young core that Cleveland has uh, already and with Garland and, and Mobley. I love both of those guys. I was never a huge Colin Sexton guy. It just for me kind of felt like a volume score on a bad team. And I understand that obviously Sexton is not the major part of this deal. If you're Danny Ainge, no. it's the picks, right? And, yes. and it's it's everything that's coming back. So like you mentioned, you got the three. Uh, unprotected picks. You had the pick swaps. Here's the thing, B-Rob. I, 
I don't love this from a situation of like the, the core there in Cleveland is really young. So even if this Mitchell thing doesn't necessarily work out, I just find it hard to believe that this team is going to tank when you've got two young guys that are going to be with that organization in Garland and Mobley that I'm really high on. I think those are two really good players that are going to be in the fold. So I'm not sure what those picks moving forward are going to materialize to be. So ultimately I understand that like in the NBA, it's all about these picks and the pick swaps. And from a general manager's perspective, I get exactly why you would want to do that. It makes a ton of sense rather than player for player. Um, I'm just not sure in this case, I love the projection moving forward. Like when you go back and look at kind of the deal that we always credit Ainge for with the Nets and the Celtics that obviously winds up landing him. Um, and I guess we can throw out James Young, right? We, we won't include James Young in that, <laughs> that, in, that, in that hall, but Tatum Brown and ultimately Colin Sexton who wound up becoming, you know, Kyrie Irving, right? So th- those are the three picks. You nailed it, but you were also betting that this aging core for Brooklyn was going to age out. When I look at Cleveland, it's a young roster and I'm not necessarily sure that's going to materialize. So for that reason, I actually like what Cleveland did here. I really do. I like the young core that they're going to have here moving forward a little bit. Do I think they're suddenly a contender in the Eastern Conference next year? Absolutely not. But you know what? I like the move they made. I'm not sure how much wiggle room they're going to have moving forward, by the way, with all the picks and the pick swaps they gave up. That's one thing I would be nervous about. Uh, But right now, the fact that you have a a, a nice uh, core here of of Garland, uh, Mitchell, and obviously Mobley, who who I'm incredibly high on, I I like that for Cleveland. So I'm going to say Cleveland as of right now. You might have just like had me do a 180 here in terms of how I feel about this. I think that is a good point in terms of the future picks and the youth they have. Like Mobley is 21 and he's entering his second year. And so from two parts of it, I like for that for Cleveland, one you already talked about in terms of like, yeah, he's going to be there for a while. They have him under team control, you know, for pretty much the next like seven or eight years, yeah, which is obviously well into all the picks they gave up. So you at least know you're going to have Mobley there. You're probably going to have Garland there. So even if Mitchell like hates it, things blow up, you're still going to have, you know, two young guys to retool around, which is maybe not get you back to contending low, but certainly makes it pretty tough for Utah to think that they're ever going to get like a, a top five pick down the road. Right. And then the other part of this I like for Cleveland is the going really aggressive to speed up the timeline when you have like an all-star on a rookie contract. I think it's something that the Celtics kind of did to a degree with, with Tatum and Brown, but honestly, I think they could have and should have been more aggressive at times, particularly, you know, in maybe even 2018, 2020 for sure, when they had those guys just on really good contracts at that point. So you can bring in more around them without, you know, sacrificing yep. so much. And then, and then, cause when you get, give those guys that big contract, that, that flexibility just goes away forever. Yeah. And so now with, with Mitchell coming in, while Mobley's still only making eight or nine million dollars, you have two or three years there. It's like, okay, we're gonna we have the proven town here around them, and maybe it's not the perfect fit now, but can they develop together if Mobley turns into a top 10 NBA guy and Garland keeps looking good and maybe Mitchell's eventually just like a good second option down the road? Like that could be a team that makes some noise in the East in a, in a couple of years. Yeah, and again, like uh, by no stretch of the imagination am I saying that they're suddenly going to be in the conversation here to, to to win the Eastern Conference this upcoming season. But I'm with you. Like I think if you have a, a nice young core like that, and you have some options here to bring in a guy like uh, uh, Mitchell, and also you know it's not necessarily flexibility because obviously you're giving up a lot of these picks, and the Celtics never truly went all in on any of these trades where they 
emptied the treasure chest like the Cavs just did, where all of a sudden your flexibility really is, I mean, it's tied to this deal, right? Like, so even the Kyrie Irving deal, you give up that eighth pick and some players, but you still had your picks moving forward. You still had roster flexibility, even after giving up those assets. Um, the Cavs obviously aren't going to have that, but I'm with you. I just like the fact that you're kind of investing in that young core. I say all that, you know, it's going to happen. Like Mobley's going to break his foot, never be the same guy again. <laughs> Garland's going to want out and, and Ainge is going to wind up with, but look, I, I think the bigger picture too, from, from Ainge's perspective is he's obviously going with a, not only Minnesota, but also this deal with Cleveland going all in uh, on the whole, just the, let's, let's accumulate as many picks as oh, we yeah. possibly can. And we've seen it with Oklahoma city and, it's really interesting how the NBA has shifted over like the last like 15, 10, 15 years, B-Rob, where it's not necessarily, hey, I need three players back in return for my superstar. It's no, like, let's like give me as many picks and as pick swaps as we can possibly do here. And from a GM's perspective, that makes a ton of sense, right? Like, obviously, in terms of bringing back a potential superstar, your best bet is to get it through the lottery. And the second thing is, if you're a GM, Hey man, it's a, it's some job security. I can sell to you. Just wait two years. Once these picks actually accumulate, then we're going to be ready to go versus bringing back three guys, plug and play. And you're like, Oh wait, these three guys can't play. And that's what we got back in return for our superstar. So you get what Angie's doing. I understand it. I just, I, I think this haul that he's getting from Cleveland, I don't know if it's necessarily going to pan out. Yeah. It's, it's one where, and we'll see again with there's other like with marketing and Sexton, I think it costs the terms interior, like how much of their value can re- you rehab with like a couple strong years in Utah, like in a system where they shine yeah. and then, okay, you sell those guys off and then you're really set up for, you know, you're not just relying totally on the picks. You're, you're getting, you're spinning these guys for more. And again, that was something I think the Celtics did masterfully from like 2013, 14 to 16, essentially with the, you know, the, the Jay Crowders of the world and the, um, you know, guys along those lines, the role players. Yeah. Um, that you even Rondo when he's selling on that. And so I mean, it's funny. I like and we look at the total haul the Celtics, I mean, the uh the Jazz got here that it they kind of put together for Gobert and Mitchell. It it's it's pretty damn impressive. And I know like <laughs> it's like I never thought Gobert would get more than Mitchell in a deal, but I think that's kind of what happened here. Yeah. At least at first. And we'll see how these how these picks line up. But you're looking at seven unprotected first round picks, three first round picks, two guys that were drafted in the first round this year. So that's like, you know, we'll give them like eight and a half first round picks because since the sticker value on those guys go down to Walker Kessler and Agabi, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, Laurie Marketing, Colin Sexton, Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly. I mean, they already turned Patrick Beverly into Horton Tucker. Right, right. No, it's, I mean, it's crazy. Here's the one thing too, I'll always credit Ainge for, and I think it's one of the things that really separate. I've always thought he's an elite GM. I, I have. And I think one of the th- strengths is B Rob is like identifying whether or not number one, a player is going to put him over the top and really put him closer to a championship. And number two, the proper evaluation of his team. And the fact of the matter is, yeah, what is it? Six straight years. I think the jazz have made the playoffs, but that core was not going to win a championship. And no. so I think he identified it. Like you mentioned, the hall is really impressive. And, you know, I, again, we saw it with the Celtics time and time again, like they were rumored to make some moves. A lot of the moves that he ended up passing on. Yeah. They would have been splashy win the day type of trades. I don't necessarily think they would have developed into a a move that would have gotten you closer to a championship. So I think he shows restraint with that, 
And he's also aggressive, I think, when he realizes that his core isn't capable of winning a title. And that's exactly what's happening uh, in Utah, because make no mistake about it, man, he is he is tearing that thing down to the studs right now. It is. And it's and there's more to tear down. Like yeah. they still, there's still a lot of guys there. Bogdanovich, Conley, yep. um, Clarkson, not guys that necessarily don't have much value. But, you know, you go into the season, you get you find teams that need an extra yeah. bench piece and you can cash in on those guys. But yeah, they, this is this is Ainge at his best. When he is in, like, you laid out perfectly. Like, same thing when he came into the Celtics job and was like, Antoine and Pierce. Like, nope, that's yeah. not going to work. Like, let's, I'm going to get out of this Antoine contract while I can. And then it's funny, we never, you know, we saw the Pierce KG deal, the dealing the guys when they're kind of past their primes. But this is, this was probably like, if they ever dealt Pierce in his prime in like 20, 2006, something like that, this is the type of deal that, we would have been looking at it back then. And obviously it was good that he didn't do it, but it's like, it's like, yeah, this, that's what the, the, the type of deal he would have made back then. It is. And I think what's changed though, too, is like, obviously like you look at Mitchell and that's probably your Paul Pierce if you're Utah. Yeah. But the league has changed too. Like Pierce right. probably wanted out a little bit and went with Boston, but not to the extent of what guys can do now. Like the fact of the matter yeah. is you're going to lose that superstar at this point. It's not really on the table to say, Hey, sit through this rebuild. Uh, you're going to love playing with Ricky Davis and then we're going to shut you <laughs> down for, you know what I mean? Like that's not, that's not necessarily in the cards uh, uh, at this point for, so it, it does make sense that he ultimately spends him, gets a nice haul. I just, Hey man, I don't know about you. I Cleveland was not even on the radar when it came to landing spots for, for Mitchell, for oh. me, D- didn't see that coming at all. Yeah. No. Cause I mean, you, you think that again, they're, they're just young enough and they are, you know, why are you going to go in all in this soon? But then the other side of it, is like you're Cleveland. So it's like, what are you waiting for? Like, you think you're going to get the next big free agent there? Right. No. It's so it's like, point. okay, if, if that's the case, it's like, okay, who's the next star that might become available that we'll have a chance at? Is it going to be better than Mitchell in the next couple of years? Like maybe, but there's a bunch of other teams that can probably outbid you that if it's a better guy than Mitchell. So they probably like, you know what? F it. Like, let's just yeah. roll the dice. He's under control for whatever, three more years at least. And so they have that kind of, stability when you're trading for a star in this kind of a market, I think is huge. And now you look at the, the East power rankings and for this season, what, where do you, where do you put them at? you like four five, six in the East. Like that, I think you pretty safely put them in there, right? Yeah. I mean, look, Garland's a hell of a player already. Uh, Mitchell's an established player and Mobley, like I, I mentioned before, I'm incredibly high on. So I, I just look at that roster. I'm with you. They're absolutely a playoff team. And so I would probably put them in that, yeah, four, five, six range. So do you, like do you yeah. like them more? I'm, I'll go through some teams here quickly that are going to be in that range. I mean, we, I think we can agree Celtics, Bucks are at the top. After that, it's kind of a free-for-all. For like Sixers. Cavs or Sixers? I like the Sixers. I, and this is obviously uh, expecting Joel Embiid to be healthy. Uh, I don't know why I'm buying some of this stuff with James Harden. <laughs> watching like, James Harden videos again. Yeah, exactly. So as of now, I like the Sixers uh, better than the Cavs right now. I do. Yeah. I agree. So yes, yeah. um, Heat. I I'll still take Miami. I'll yeah. say this though, you know, Miami being in the conversation for Durant and being in the conversation for Mitchell. I, I just like was never really sure. Like, what's the package that Miami has to offer Nothing. any of these teams? That's gonna they gave away. They haven't made enough picks to do anything. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, so never saw that. I'll still, I'll still take Miami. 
uh, with Butler, Bam, and company, uh, and just the experience that those guys have, uh, and the, I can't believe I'm going to say this, the Heat culture uh, over uh, over the over the Cavs right now. The Nets are a wild card. We'll, leave, we'll put them to the side. Like Hawks, I feel like the like that's that's the ultimate like coin flip. Hawks or Cavs right now? Like, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll go I'll go Cavs. I actually kind of like yeah. that roster a little bit better. Um, but yeah, the, the, I'm with you. That's kind of the I think that's kind of the ballpark you're suddenly working in, right? Is, right. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. And so you look at that now, and from the Suns' perspective, it's like okay, this is you know it's a couple more tougher regular season games against the Cleveland. They're actually going to play them twice in the first two weeks of the season, which would be uh, interesting to see. Um, but for me, it's like two things. When you look at the impact on the Eastern Celtics protector, it's one, this is a fact, like, I think getting the one or two seed in the East becomes just all the more important now because you dropped a three. You're like, this is not an ideal first round matchup for you. Like this is a, this is a, obviously a series you should win, but like, you're going to have to sweat a little bit to do to, if you drop down to that range. Yeah, absolutely. Young, fresh legs, you know, like all, all those guys are young. And then like you said too, it's like one of those teams where it's like, we don't really know how big the moment is type of deal. Yeah. Does that make sense? And you're sure. just like, I, I don't want to have to deal with a team like that. Like you said, not going to have an issue with it, but it would just be a pain in the ass to actually have to play that series. I'm with you hundred percent. And now the, the other question is long-term, like let's look at the East, let's say three years from now, like with this, young core in place like assuming so assuredly developing to some degree like how high could cleveland rise by that point if like things go well here like where i i don't obviously seeing them surpassing milwaukee as long as like Giannis is alive yeah but right but beyond that like the heat are getting old the nets who the hell knows what they're gonna look like next year much less like three years from now and then philly like same situation of Harden, like it's it's Harden, kind of fascinating to see the, yeah. how that could look like. Harden and Bede's health moving forward as well. Yeah, there are questions there for sure. I think a lot of it's going to come down to just how good uh, can Mobley be. What's that ceiling like? Uh, again, like I said, I, I, I loved him uh, coming out. Uh, absolutely torched UConn back in the day, and in, in that one year at USC, I was like, this guy's going to be a problem, and he was. Uh, and so, uh, really like him, and then. We'll see how Garland and Mitchell kind of play together. I don't know if there's a true number one on that team, right? Like, because yeah. to me, like Mitchell does, isn't that guy. Um, but yeah, the the ceiling there is high. And like you said too, when you look across the landscape of the of the Eastern Conference, the Celtics, the Bucks, and then if you're the Cavs, and, and these guys continue to mature, you're you're right in that. I think that that next conversation for sure. All right, let's take a quick break here to talk about our sponsor, Bell Line. Football season is back, McCone, next week. And BetOnline is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all your latest football odds, news, game matchups, including this year's opening week's games. Uh, is there an, an opening line on UConn yet? Is that is that on the <laughs> we, table? We, we lost game one, but you know what? The Huskies the, the Huskies are, are, are going to be back. We might actually win a couple of games this year. We'll see. Ooh. Yeah. All right, yeah. so we're going to have to keep tabs on them all your life. But Bell, <laughs> you can find Bell and them and everyone else at Bell Online, your continued source for all your rating information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. It's fast as an easy way to bet on NFL, MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. So head on over to betonline.ag to rejoin and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code CLNS50 to receive that welcome bonus. Bell Online, where the game starts. Okay, last thing on the 
this Mitchell trade, the Knicks obviously missed out here. Do you blame them for not doing this deal? Or is this kind of like, yeah, you're going to have to go three first round picks and it's probably not going to push the needle for them regardless. You're kind of damned if you do damn if you're not, if you're the, I don't know. It's like, it, it's yeah. probably, it doesn't push the needle either way for the Knicks. So you're, you're kind of screwed either way. Uh, look, I actually kind of respect for, for them for not going all in on this because I think a typical Knicks move would be like, yeah, just give them whatever they want. Let's bring in Mitchell and pair them up with Jalen Brunson and then we got our guys. And, and look, a core of, of Brunson and Mitchell, I mean, I guess that, again, wins the back page for you know the next few weeks. But does that really get you substantially closer to a championship? I don't mm-hmm. think so. It doesn't put you in the conversation. So for them... I actually, I don't mind them not necessarily making this move. I, I know there was obviously a lot of smoke around it, but I go back to what we just talked about with Ainge. There were a lot of times when there were rumors and, and a lot of deals that could have been made that he passed on because ultimately he said, I'm going to hang on to these assets because this deal isn't going to get me closer to championship. feel like kind of the Knicks, they're going to get roasted for not completing this deal and letting him go to Cleveland. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I'm a few. It's a situation like you signed Brunson for all that money he's not much of a defender. You put Mitchell back there with him and it's like, okay, what, like, yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, in terms of recalibrating your team, especially since you don't, you wouldn't have any other way to add to the team. Right. After you give up the, the farm for him. So yeah, it's just, but now that's like, now this year, now it's like, they're definitely, they're going to be really struggling just to make the playoffs. Oh yeah. Least. Yeah. And um, how they re kind of recalibrate that if they decide to like, they're gonna have to kind of even rebuild some of the assets on their roster to even try to trade the likes of Fournier or, you know, Randall, et cetera. Like all those guys just took such a step back last year. It's like, you're there. You're going to have to give up assets to get off those guys. So it'll be fascinating to see just how they, that plays out in the East, but it's uh, even getting into the the playing tournament for them is not going to be a walk in the park. Anyone, uh, anyone's stock dropped more than Julius Randle, by the way. From, oh my God. Uh, from, you know, the uh, MVP. Did you ever buy in? Did you ever buy no, in? Like, right? No, it's like, no, it was a nice, like, it was like a pretty nice story. It was like a spunky team. And then like, it was, they bounced in the first round. They had a horrible, uh, right. horrible series. And then, yeah, last year was a disa- disaster. And so, yeah, no, that was uh, br- just brutal. And he, but he, they gave him the big extension, though. Yep. That, uh, good, yeah, job his, good job on his agent. Good job on his agent. Yeah, exactly. uh, Get better agent than uh, Kevin Durant. Um, all right, let's uh, turn our attention more to the Celts here to close things out. Uh, Danilo Gallinari uh, going to be on the shelf here for what it looks like at least next two months after it was a scary meniscus tear in uh, FIBA play overseas for Team Italy. Non-contact injury. I'm sure most people have seen it by now, but avoids the ACL tear. Gets the meniscus stuff. I assume it'll be a surgery that keeps him out for two months. I don't know, Tim. I, I'd i expect the Celtics to be like, are you feel ready? Okay, taking out of a few three or four weeks off here. like Because he's a guy who's had a lot of injury and knee issues throughout his career. So um, that that was something you knew. And that was probably one of the biggest you know cons of this contract to start. And at least, what, you got the injury out of the way early? Is that is that the upside here? Yeah, I mean, look, as long as he's ready for the playoffs, right, has a, has a few minutes uh, underneath his belt in terms of playing with uh, some of his teammates uh, and ready to go. But, yeah, absolutely. When we talk about bringing in Gallinari and, um, you know, obviously <laughs> what's the negative here with the offseason moves uh, that they've made? It, it's the injury concerns with both guys, right? Sure. And so, yeah, like it, this was not 
uh, overly surprising that one of them was going to get nicked up. Like you said, at least it wasn't a season ending ACL, which is what, you know, Twitter explodes. And, and that's kind of the, the vibe you got initially. So uh, they avoid that. But like you said, too, this was kind of the downside in terms of uh, uh, both moves that you made with Brogdon and uh, Gallinari. And so, yeah, Gallinari to shut down. I don't know. You know, look, managing these minutes and managing some of the, you know, uh, minutes for, for, for everyone on this roster was going to be an issue. Um, some of this stuff kind of works its way, uh, works itself out moving forward. And so, yeah, he does. I just, I'll tell you what, like, it, it's crazy to me that a guy like Gallinari though is playing international basketball yeah. <laughs> with his injury concerns. It's the same thing. Like if I'm Oklahoma city, like, Hey, Chet, Love you, mean it. We're really excited. You're also 7'2", 37 pounds. Like, we don't need you playing, like, all the time in, in, in a pro-am game, uh, too. So some of this stuff uh, still surprises me that, that we see it uh, in 2022. But, yeah, it's uh, no question about it. I would be, uh, I'd be a little frustrated if I were the Thunder with the Chet Holmgren injury. Uh, and for the Celtics, it feels like at least you dodged a bullet here with, uh, with Gallinari. Yeah. I mean, the European guys just love to play and I love it. And so, and I, and I get it. Like it's, you know, you're playing for, yeah. Like, but at the same time, when you're, when you're at, when you're at this age now, it's like, okay, this is, uh, right. You're not 24. You're not 24. Yeah. Yeah. And home grinning. Like he's, that's a, you know, it's a tall glass of water. Like that's, I mean, it's important because like the court itself was like, obviously they shut the game down like a quarter later. So it's like, maybe you you guys should have just shut down before you started. If it was that bad. Um, but yeah, that would, if, it's it's a, a rough scene for that. And I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm kind of surprised at the, the number of players that are still in it for these games. But that's, again, what are you going to do? You're going to say you can't play, and then maybe you don't get the time in the first place. So that's right. like exactly um, kind of have to, to weigh that against it. All right. So who do you, you know, this will help Emi Adoka a little bit. You kind of referenced it in terms of managing minutes off the bench here. But, you know, Grant Williams is obviously going to play a lot here. But I feel there is... A kind of a an opening there at the backup four, if particularly if they want to play big a lot of the time off the bench here. Are you a Sam Hauser guy? You could see, do you like one of these center wild cards that are going to be competing for roster spots and that battle that is suddenly kind of important because one of these guys is probably going to have to play a decent amount when, especially when Horford's resting back to back this year. Like, who's your horse in this race? Who do you who do you want to see be the you know the tenth guy off the bench? For this team yeah, next year. Yeah, it feels like Boston's high on Hauser. So I'd like to see what he can do kind of on a consistent basis. I was also wondering with you too, like it'll be interesting to see how this team as a whole just kind of manages the minutes. And I was thinking this even before Gallinari went down, but with Gallinari, with Horford and with Robert Williams, because those are three guys right there. Robert Williams is a guy that, again, track record injury-wise isn't necessarily great. Same thing with Gallinari. And then Al Horford, who was fantastic for you and fantastic on the stretch, He's an older player, and he was also coming off a year where he got shut down, right? So right. he was fresh going into last year. Like, it's a much different story this season uh, for him. All three of those guys are going to be vital for you if you make this postseason run. So, yeah, I do think that they're going to be managing some minutes of some of these big guys, and a guy like Sam Hauser is certainly someone that could absolutely um, absolutely benefit from it. And I'm with you. I think Grant Williams has a, a huge opportunity, especially at the start of this season here, to kind of take that next step and take another step forward in his career as well. That was you probably saw like his agent doing like a fist pump. Oh yeah, no Gallinari's gonna be out for a couple months because because like otherwise it's like his minutes probably would have been down from last year. Like Gallinari's, yeah. you know, was gonna play for at least twenty minutes a game. You'd think, yeah. And now Grant, you know, he's with 
with him being out and like that Al's Al, I'd be shocked if Al plays back to backs this year, like at least, you know, semi-regularly. And then Rob Williams too, like they played him too much last year and that came back to, to bite them um, in the postseason and with his meniscus injury in April. So now I like, I kind of, they are very high on Hauser internally. Um, I think they, they hope that he plays that he, you know, kind of wins a spot in training camp. And it, to a degree, it's kind of like Gallinari light from a standpoint of like, yeah. he should be able to hit those threes that Gallinari was going to hit. He's not going to have the, the rest of an offensive game that Gallinari can kind of bring to the table, but he'll probably be better than defensively than Gallinari. <laughs> like, which, is, which isn't saying much at this point. It's great, yeah, but low like, bar, low yeah, bar, pretty low yeah. bar, but still like could come in handy. And then I don't know. There's, there's Luke Cornett fans in the organization for sure. Um, Kevin Gelly like played with pretty well in summer league. Like, I don't know. It should be like a pretty, you know, Local guy, Noah Vonley in the mix. So it'll be very from that standpoint. I was very high on Vonley coming out of Indiana back in the day. Uh, ninth overall pick, I think, right? Yes, One and done sure. in Indiana and then went nine and uh, and never really put it together in the NBA. But yeah, that's a, a super skilled big. It was a big that you thought like was going to translate. His game kind of translated to today's NBA. Could kind of do it all and handle the basketball a little bit and just never happened for him. So yeah, we'll see if he can, uh, if he can stick. I mean, and the other easy solution here too, would you want to see like more three guard lineups that kind of like they tried last year early. They pretty, they failed pretty badly with like Schroeder and Pritchard yeah. around understandably. So, but now like at least with Brogdon, Brogdon's a beer guy. He's like six foot five. You could probably play with the three bump up Tatum or Brown to the four in some lamps. Would you want to see like, is that a look you'd want to see? Is that like you can at least get like Pritchard on the floor more? Yeah, look, I, I'm up for anything early on in the season. Like, you should be experimenting. See if you can find something here that really hits and, and, and moves forward. Like I said, I just think managing the minutes for some of these bigs uh, is going to be vital throughout the post. Like, we saw what a difference it made with a healthy Robert Williams versus a guy that was banged up throughout the postseason. Uh, so, for me, it's making sure that all those guys are healthy and relatively fresh uh, going into that postseason run. And, yeah, absolutely. Tinker, experiment. See if you kind of stumble into something here early on in the season because you know – Ultimately, from a talent perspective here, you're at the upper echelon in the Eastern Conference. Like, I feel like you've fully established yourself as one of those teams now moving forward. There are no like, oh, you know what? If Tatum and Brown can take those next steps, like, no, you did it now. You're established. You're that team. So, yeah, see, see if you can uh, screw around here and find something else uh, to kind of rely on here in terms of a different look and a different lineup. And managing those minutes should get a little bit easier if they don't come out 20 and 20 out of the gate. Yeah, uh, this time around right. and have to Fair be point. playing Fair catch point up as well, right? Yeah, but I agree with you. Like this is again, you're if you're Eme now, you're you're experimenting early. You've got a lot of new pieces to play with, and um, again, one of them is off the court in Gallinari, but um, that will allow you to look at other looks, lineups, etc., a bit more um, while taking some of the onus off um, the veteran guys. But it's only only three weeks away, Tim McCone. We're in September. I can't clock is ticking um you know hopefully the Patriots season is still like alive at that point <laughs> right. for for regular yeah. season but i think that's uh it's a question mark at this point so we'll, yeah, we'll uh, see uh we'll see how many more kevin durant trade requests we get uh, <laughs> from now until uh until then we'll see what happens but i'm sure i'm sure i'll sure i'm sure that brooklyn training camp is gonna be a blast oh yeah i'm sure steve that... nash can't wait for that yeah yeah oh my god can't wait for that media day yeah um all right make sure you're following tim mccone on twitter at Tim underscore McCone. Check him out. He'll be on all weekend long here at 95 Sports Up and throughout um, weekends all season long and throughout weekdays. I mean, they're 
Tim is, I think, the number one guy off the bench for the sports hub right now. So, um, or at least one one A to, to, to Joe Murray. So it's you know, a lot of Tim. Joe McCarthy, yeah, that's it's it's never a good thing. If I'm your sixth man, you're in a lot of trouble. We'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But check Tim out there. Um rate review, subscribe to the winning plays pod as well. And um we'll be back with you guys next week to uh inch close to the training camp and see what other uh crazy blockbuster deal goes down to uh bridge the NBA offseason gap here. Thanks for having me, Bob. Price for it. Thanks, bud.